Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Welcome to another episode of The Black Sons Furnace with me, Robert. Man like Mo. Yes, Peter is not here. He should be back. No, he won't. Peter will probably not be here for a while. So, um, yeah, I'll try and get some, some like special guests in so that it's not just the two of us because three is the magic number. <laughs> cool. Um, so let's start with Sorry Not Sorry, which is our apologetic section where we have one of the guys defend or explain a question that might be asked by a Christian or a non-Christian. Mm. And it's Moses' turn. Yep. So, Moses, let's talk about babies. Um <laughs> If a baby is born deformed, is it ever the fault of the parent? As in, like, are they being, like, punished by God because of something they've done or said? Hmm. So when Jesus saw the man born blind mm-hmm. and they asked who, who sinned, this man or his parents, and Jesus was like, neither of them sinned, but this happened that the glory of God may be seen. But I know that in the Old Testament, some, and that was that question was asked because it was typically understood as um, your deformity from birth is as a result of something your parents did Mm. um i would in light of just science now and stuff i would say no it's not as a result so yeah it's partially biblical partially based on what jesus said and partially based on just genetics um where you might have inherited a bad gene from one of your parents or something went wrong in your formation and stuff um but i think for me what i like to emphasize the more is the way jesus responded no this was done for the glory of god and so not so much let's have sympathy on this person because they're deformed but god can be glorified even in the midst of this even in the midst of this disability or whatever this person was born with, um, might have been born blind, might have been born um, with like a spe- um, like Down syndrome or whatever. Like, I have faith that God can be glorified even in the midst of this, whether it's through healing, whether it's through the way that God works in a person's life, or the way that, that God reveals this person Himself to this person or reveals Himself through this person. I believe that is not so much to be seen as a negative, but to be held in anticipation as to what God can do or will do through this life and I feel in submitting it to to God what is typically seen as a disability can become the very same catalyst or what can be seen as a negative can become the very same catalyst that God uses to bring himself glory okay that makes sense yeah cool alright well that was quite short (laughs) You can, t- you can have another one. You can take um, Peter's one. I, I, I need to have a second one planned. Let me think. Um, nothing's coming to mind. Okay, we'll skip it for now. Cool. All right. If anything comes to mind, you can jump back into that segment. Yeah. <laughs> okay, just like break through halfway through Half, the conversation. Halfway through. <laughs> Ooh, sorry, not sorry. <laughs> All right. So I wanted to talk, to talk a bit about Martin Luther King today. Okay. Did you hear what, what's, what's been happening with him lately? Nah. Ooh. So, some FBI files have come to come to light, mm-hmm. and it's not looking good. <laughs> it's <laughs> not looking good for him at all. So he's being like accused of what? Well, like the FBI is saying they they have these um, like recordings of him um, 
a lot of bad stuff. Stuff like being in a room whilst like a pastor is is raping um, a member of his congregation and like che- like cheering them on, sort of thing. Mad. And um, um, yeah, like um, forcing congregation members to into into doing sexual things with him and his other friends and stuff like that. So that's what's that's what's um been discovered in these FBI files. Mm. And normally like people would say, Oh, it's just people trying to, you mm. know, dirty his name. But this was um brought to light by what's his name? I've got his name here. His name is David Garrow, mm-hmm. who is known as a respected biographer of both Martin Luther King and like Barack Obama. Mm. And he even won the Pulitzer Prize, the the Pulitzer Prize for his biography of Martin Luther King. Mm. And um, so I didn't want to talk, talk, talk so much about the allegations, but what I found interesting was that if this had been something that had been done like Donald Trump, this would be news everywhere. Mm. But um, apparently no American out- news outlets want to touch this story. <laughs> so like he's been to like different organizations with mm. the story, but none of them want to touch it. And it's only come to light because he came to like a British um, newspaper mm. and uh, like saw the story to saw the story to them. Like he even, he even came, went, went to the Guardian. Mm-hmm. They're like, okay, we're on the story, but then they pulled out. So um, that got me thinking about um, why is it so hard um, to hold people who are um, high up in authority, why is it so hard to keep them accountable for their actions? Mm. Because obviously, like, if these are true, then there are, like, heavy implications. Mm. But it's almost like people want to turn the turn mm. um, <laughs> turn away and not mm-hmm. face it. And I think that that can even mm. happen in church. Yeah. Where, like, yeah, what <laughs> pastors can be doing. This, this happened in church. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. Pastors doing the whole madness and congregation are just turning a blind eye. There was a story, not like this, but a girl had gone to a pastor talking about like stress or whatever, and the pastor it wasn't stress, but it was something. The pastor she'd gone to the pastor about something, and the pastor was like the way to um, combat that was for him to sleep with her. Mm. So he she took like a recording everything didn't go through with it showed it to her mum her mum got vexed pulled up the pastor and then the whole congregation kicked them out of the church because it's just like no the pastor's not going to do that you man are lying and blah 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 kicked out mm. um, there's an Afro-Caribbean congregation I know that's not just Afro-Caribbeans other denominations and other like ethnicity, ethnicity groups kind of do the same but um, yeah it is a real shame I think I think there's a sense in which um, I think the person's reputation plays a massive part. Okay. So no one is hesitating to pull Donald Trump up on stuff that he does. Yeah. Um, he might say something and people will be at his throat to the point where honest mistakes can be seen as a major mistake, mm. like a major um, mishap but it's an honest mistake um, but honest mistakes are kind of 
hard to do if you're the most powerful person arguably in the world. Um, it's not that you're not allowed honest mistakes, but the sheer fact that you're the president of the United States means that you need to be even more diligent. And the fact that you've been talking reckless for your campaign and Come on. like everyone loves to hate you. <laughs> and I think that, so it's like if Martin Luther was seen as this peaceful protester, like this peaceful guy, that that's his reputa reputation where it's, he fought for civil rights, he fought for, for the abolition and segregation and blah, blah, blah. And um, like, yes, it came, did come to light that he had extramarital affairs and stuff like that. Um, but his wife sort of took along and I think people were willing to turn a blind eye to that um, due to what he was working for. Yeah. And the fact that he was, he was away from home a lot, going on these rallies and touring and blah, blah, blah. Um, so I think because of his reputation, people are unwilling to take run the story. And I think plus is the climate that we're in. So with like black empowerment and all of these, if you take one of the most prominent black figures and run a story that tarnishes his reputation, they're coming for you. The backlash ain't gonna be it's, yeah, it's, it's going to be carnage. So do you think it would be different if he was alive today? Because like you saying that, it makes me think that it didn't stop them going after Bill Cosby. It, mm. it didn't stop them like continuously making documentaries about Michael Jackson even yeah. after his death. And going after R. Kelly. R. Ke yeah, and but R. Kelly's like, a pagan though. <laughs> and, but the thing is, like, some of R. Kelly's fans are trying to like pay, well, they did pay child support and stuff for him. Mm. But um, I think if he was alive, it would it would be a different um, situation because of like the Me Too movements and stuff like that. People are very hot on um, sexual abuse and molestation and stuff, and they there's a real sense in which they're gunning for the people in power to almost use them as to scapegoat them yeah. to hopefully have that trickle on effect where it's like, all right. They're going after my man. Some any anybody is going to get gay as well. Mm. So they're scapegoating high-profile people to to send a ripple of like don't this shouldn't be mm. so. Um, but yeah, I do feel like it's predominantly because of just the reputation that he has in terms of fighting and losing his life fighting for. Um, so that people will be seen as people. Where it's like, that I have a dream speech. You won't be judged based on the, on your, the color of your skin, but on the content of your character. And now the content of his character is up for question. Mm. And no one's really up for it. I think it's, I think it's predominant, I think it's twofold. F as I said, it's, I believe that there's predominant emphasis on him being a public figure and what he stood for in terms of peace and like anti-segregation or desegregation and stuff. But also he's such a prominent black figure um, that there will be repercussions. Yeah, I feel like he's, it's almost like he became more than human. Mm. Um, it's, it's almost like he became a brand. <laughs> he yeah. became a, a yeah. brand. Yeah. And um, 
And I think that it sounds bad to say, but the greater, like, like you were saying, like he had extramarital affairs, mm. but for the greater good, yeah, that was swept under yeah. under the rug, yeah. Um, and I don't know if I should say that's right because, like, I like we have benefited yeah. because of the work that he's yeah. done. But then that being said, like, I know in America as well, they are, like, a lot of, like, universities are, like, um, campaigning for, like, statues of old uh, um, people who, who, like, used to be slave masters, mm-hmm. who, have, who have had, like, university named after them yeah. to, um, to get renamed or statues taken now. Yeah. Um, do, you think, do you think that the same should happen with, with Martin Luther King? Or do you think that... So... For the, like... The greater good means mm. that this, this, this should be swept away. I do think that. So my personal view is that no one should be above um, scrutiny. Yeah. And so if even like if you're a man like Gandhi, like you're the peaceful, like you were above or seemingly above reproach and something comes out, we should treat it in all honesty and like explore it and not see it as oh he's untouchable Mm. Um, because even like Mother Teresa there was a controversy that came out around her how she um, she seen as this like she took a poverty vow this and that and um, went around helping people and stuff but apparently she was quite wealthy in that all the stuff that she was doing was generating income and she was then channeling that money to the Vatican who was then using that for their exploits and their exploits included like child abuse and stuff like that. And so it was almost like she was funding them doing what they were doing. And some people argue that she knew what they were doing and she was still funding it. Um, And like on my Facebook, which I don't really pay attention to anymore, people were going in. Mm. And I find myself, I found myself in the position of, it's almost like, and mo- most of the people that were going in had been abused by the system to some degree in that regard, in terms of like sexually and stuff. Um, not just by the system, but by different things, the different people and different situations and stuff. And I, I found it was almost forgetting all the good that she has done because you found some dirt. And I find that this situation is almost the opposite forgetting the bad that he has done because of the good but I feel like as humans we need to balance the two otherwise we won't have an accurate reflection of humanity which is broken and fallen and we will start to see this person as this brand or this deity or this whatever that is that is good but it's like even the best of us is still broken and fallen definitely and so I feel like we should hold both in light and we should be like, yeah, he messed up. Like what he did was bad and he should be held accountable for it, even though like he, he physically can't be. But at the same time, we need to recognize the good that he did. Yeah. It's like in recognizing the good that knives and guns do while still recognizing that some people hold on to these same things and do a whole load of madness. And mm. when I say good, I don't mean like killing people is good, but I mean like, in terms of the atrocities of wars and stuff like that has still brought us to this place of the life that we're living right now. 
and so it has there has been some good that has come from it even though the act of killing isn't necessarily the best yeah. or, or good um yeah so yeah i think it's important to allow the martin luther kings and the gandhis and the um other Teresas to be human mm-hmm. because i like, even even in the bible like very rarely do you see someone live like a mistake-free life. Mm-hmm. You, you, apart from Jesus. You apart from Jesus. Yeah. Like, I know that Enoch was like, oh, he walks with God and then disappeared. And some people see that as um, he lived faultless. But I'm like, if Enoch can live faultless, then that means we can live faultless. Yeah. And we can't. For Paul to say, all have sinned and fallen short, I believe that it, it, it's not like conditions applied. No, all have sinned. Yeah. Um. So what do you think, bringing it back to like a church saying, what do you think accountability and like putting putting up people on stuff that they do should look like? Um, I feel like firstly, it should be, it should start from leadership. And so there should be some sort of public form of accountability for the leadership. Okay. So... The, as a pastor, you might have your own accountability circle where you you might have like a mentor or whatever where people kind of hold you accountable if you're, if you're a man, your wife, if you're, if you're a woman, your husband, the children might hold you accountable. You might have close friends that hold you accountable. But that's a personal circle. But I believe that the people that you're leading should be able to hold you accountable as well. Mm. So if like you're, um, I don't know, you're wearing shorts that are inappropriate for someone to be like, yo, that's slightly inappropriate. But that's policing clothes rather than um, character or anything like that. But like, if you inadvertently make a racist joke and you just think it's innocent, but someone's like, no, nah, that was actually racist. For them to feel in the position to just be like, no, nah, that was racist. Um, so should, but should someone who's maybe only, like maybe someone's first time mm. in a church, should they still have that? Ability to hold a pastor's responsibility. I think the same way that um, the pastor has responsibility for his flock, in that those who have intentionally and consciously affiliated themselves with this church then becomes the pastor's explicit responsibility to take care of them. I feel like. If you've invested yourself into that church, that's when you have the invested um, window to then hold the pastor accountable. Because it's like, I have placed myself under your care and I don't necessarily feel as though you're doing a good job. What about if someone came to argument that, well, we're all part of one church. So Mm -hmm. whatever church I go to, I should be able to pull someone up for their actions. I feel like in saying that you need to be affiliated to the church to pull them up, it still doesn't negate you being able to share your opinion and it's not saying your opinion doesn't hold weight but i'm saying what i am saying is that like if you just turn up to my church today if i had a church um if i had a church and you just turned up today i won't just run up to to you and say what you're wearing is inappropriate like i wouldn't engage if you like that off the bat Unless it's like highly revealing and blah, blah, blah. Listen, I just be like, I just kind of talk to you more from like a concern rather than a rule. Um, And so I welcome that. I welcome that in response. But I feel as though the main responsibility, so we have a responsibility to everyone. 
So the way that is, is we have a responsibility to heaven. We have a responsibility to love our neighbors as we love ourselves. But we have a particular um, responsibility to those who are affiliated to us. So it's like, as, as a community, we have a responsibility to the other people in the community. Mm. But we have an even greater responsibility to our family members. If that makes sense. Yeah. So it's almost the same way as like we have a responsibility to those, all those within the body, all those who are um, affiliated to us. Um, we have a responsibility to the world and we also have a particular responsibility to those who are, who have like intentionally joined, not our faction, but like, yeah. So as a body, we have, an, we have a responsibility for one another, but we also have a, responsibi- uh, a particular responsibility for the local congregation. Okay. Yeah. Um, so you can, and it's, it's I, f- I feel like it's loose in that people kind of permeate that boundary both ways um, quite frequently. Um, so, yeah, um, it isn't transfixed. So you can't talk to me, this person can. But it's being gracious with our sense of accountability and... Yeah, both giving accountability and being accountable. Mm. Um, yeah, how about yourself? Do you feel like anyone should be able to walk into the church and just be like, y- your sermon was, or whatever? I think, one, it depends like on like your, the heart behind why you're doing it. Mm-hmm. If it's just that it didn't tick the right boxes for you, mm. but like, um, scripturally it was fine then maybe be quiet <laughs> yeah 100 but like if like if you can like back up why someone's doing something wrong mm-hmm. with like scripture and stuff mm-hmm. then I don't see why you can't have like maybe a quiet conversation with them mm-hmm. it's not something that you have to stand up in the middle yeah. of, the, of the church I mean, like, and I, no, you, yeah um, and um, I think we should all have that power but I think the reason why a lot of people don't want is because they don't read the Bibles first. <laughs> so, so they don't, they, they wouldn't know what is right and what is wrong. Mm. And I guess that's, and th- 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 there's also that thing of um, almost um, being intimidated by hierarchy. Mm. Mm-hmm. So like they, they, they might not feel it's, it's their place. Mm-hmm. Um, because like you wouldn't go to your boss and say, oh, you are, you are, you are, you are out of order for doing that. So why would you come to church? And yeah. Then yeah. I think, yeah, I think it's, I, I definitely agree with you. Um, we should be able to hold each other to, uh, to account. Um, and the same way, like if you, well, in an African country, if you, if you walked into a shop and you saw someone stealing something, more than likely the adult's going to be like, what are you doing? Thief, mm. stop, blah, blah, blah. And not so much here. Um, <laughs> Firm, just turn the other way out like you didn't see anything um and so there's a sense of community here there's more so a sense of individuality yeah but in areas where there's a sense of community people like say hello to people there's a sense of camaraderie there's a sense of like i can speak into what you're doing you can speak into what i'm doing um but it, it i know that for leaders it gets very difficult to navigate the sea of opinions knowing that they are opinions Mm. even if someone presents this is what the bible says 
that has been weathered so much by their perspective and what they've been exposed to. Yeah. That even if it is biblically accurate, the way that they've arrived to it has been weathered by what they've been exposed to. And so they might be saying something right, but saying it not in a way that resonates or the way that you can readily understand it and might not be saying it with the right heart. And so it's like there's so many different nuances that as a leader, for the sheer fact that you are elevated means that a lot more people see you and a lot more people are projecting a judgment onto you. Um, and it can be very difficult to navigate all of those opinions and judgments. Mm. And so it will be healthy to have some sort of boundary or limitation mm. as to the proximity of what opinions really shape you. Yeah, yeah. I, I was going to say, like, um, like, as a leader, your role is to lead. Mm. And if you're letting every, everyone's opinion sway you, then you're not going to be able to do an effective job. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's it's tricky. But at the same time, it's like the input from others is very much should be welcomed and should be sought. Yeah. But it should be sought carefully. Yeah. I remember in the Bible, the story of Moses, mm. I, th I think it was his his um his his father-in-law yeah that was like you know yeah you can't be doing all of this by yourself yeah. you need to start delegating mm -hmm. and um if advice makes sense <laughs> take it um you don't have to be like a scholar or a sage mm. um before your before your advice is like taken on board yeah. um because there's definitely you can definitely learn something from everyone even if you don't take on 100% what they say, there might be like a 5%, you know, actually, yeah. I can incorporate this into yeah. what I'm doing. Yeah, I think one rule that I try to, um, well, no, it's not a rule really, but one thing that I try to always remind myself of is I can't, um, I can't really be, I can't really determine or address somebody else in that regard of in the regard of like their heart what they're doing blah 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 like I, can, I can talk to you about something but i can't fundamentally change you mm. i can't fundamentally um get you to see things from the way that i see things or like i can't i can't affect you outside of a conversation i can like impose myself on you which might not be helpful I can have a conversation with you, but what I can, my sphere of influence or like what I can do something about is, my, is me. Yeah. And so I can't really do something about the heart with which you spoke to me about these certain things or whatever. I can't really do anything about that. You need to do that. <clears throat> but what I can do, what I can do something about is how I receive what you've said to yeah. me. And so if I receive it from a position of, oh, thank you, I'll go pray about it, then at least like I have received it in a manner what, that is still somewhat open to being corrected yeah. and somewhat open to being, right, there might be some truth in this. Let me pray about it and reflect on it and see. It also gives the other person confidence that like, you know, they, they, they like saw a problem yeah. and they went about a good way of trying to address yeah. it. And I think that it has the potential depending on how you receive it. It has the potential. If someone comes at you sideways, like, oh, yeah, you should have that. Oh, I never really thought about that, you know. No, no thank you. I'm going to think about it. Mm. 
it's like it tempers the situation. Or the person's private, yeah, I told them about themselves. But it's just like, <laughs> that reveals more of their heart yeah. than anything. And so it, it leaves room for humility and maturity and growth whilst for both people. Where it's like, you told me something, I've taken it, this and that and it, yeah. So I'm very much about what can I do something about? And that's predominantly myself. Mm. Submitting it to God, that can't be me. Yeah. So when like a leader is caught out and maybe they they might think the best thing is they step down, mm. how long do you think they should step down for? Um, do, you, do you think they should ever be reinstated back into that position? Or do you think I that? I think it's what, depending on what they did. Um, I think that firstly is like, God is able to forgive. God is able to, well, God does forgive. God is able to reaffirm ministries of people that were in tatters. Um, but I feel it should be that reinstatement should be something that from the from the person who stepped down from their perspective should be something that is done openly, honestly, um, inviting people in to kind of see that process, to kind of see, like, this is what I messed up. This is how God is working on me. This is where God is taking me to. So in terms of like the truth, him sleeping with his mentor's wife um, and his mentor sleeping with his wife, some <laughs> hella swinging stuff going on. But um, I'm not, actually, no, it wasn't his wife. It was band member or something like that. Um, How about the drummer? It's always the drummer. Always the drummer. So his transformation back into making music, even his music itself, there was a sense in which like, God, God is doing this. Mm. Like there was a public stepping down. The, his um, process through it was very open. He was like, I'm going to be taking some time to go with my wife and blah, blah, blah. But it's like, we didn't get to know the nitty gritty, but we knew that something was happening. And then his music reflected that something happening. Okay. Um, and so, yeah, I do feel like if you, in the case, now this is, this is like me talking, in the case of like, priests raping and blah 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 I just say don't reinstate them like they've they've abused their power to such a degree that don't reinstate them so you think they're above redemption I don't think they're beyond redemption that I don't think but I think they've abused the position they've been given to a degree that should not be tolerated and for the bible to say not a lot of people should seek to be teachers because you'll be judged more strictly I'll be like yo like you've tarnished that position You've done enough. Step down. You can lead, you can like serve and serve effectively how God has called you to serve without being in front. And so your service doesn't isn't shouldn't be tied to a specific position. Um, God can still use you. So if you feel like God is still calling you to the ministry, cool. Go break up the bread in the back or something like not not like stay away from people. But it's like you've abused this so much, and to have this person reinstated back into this role can do more harm than good and so i'm just like yo let's yeah yeah let's let's keep our sight on on the flock couldn't it be argued that um like peter denied jesus mm -hmm. um but jesus said you know what, yeah i still want you to be the, the leader of my sheep even though like didn't Jesus say that those the only rock I'm going to be built on yeah, yeah no 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 no. Um, um, those who deny me to others I'll deny to my father mm -hmm. but Jesus still 
decided to use Peter in that frontal position. Yeah, I think. Um, so like, couldn't people who have like messed up really bad still be used in a frontal position because of the redeeming grace of Jesus? So it's almost like common sense would say if someone's been convicted of paedophilia, don't put him in charge of youth ministry. Like, that that would be common sense. Yeah. But that's not going to supersede common sense. God, and that's why, that's why I said <laughs> common sense. Because God does supersede common sense. Um, but we still recognize the the temptation. Yeah, I, 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 I would never put <laughs> my children in. <anyway>. Fam? <laughs> Bro? Like, yeah. Um... And the th- uh, what what I will say as well is that like, Je- like Peter's den- denial was directly against Jesus in that it what obviously it was towards other people. It's like I don't know him, um, but then he was broken for it. He wept. He was remorseful. Repented. Came back, and he he was then the chief voice in Acts when it came to talking about Jesus. And so there was almost like a three, uh, a 180 that happened there. People normally say 360, but I'm like, the 360 is just taking you back to the same point again. <laughs> so it's a 180. Um, it was a 180 happened in which he's now turned face. Um, but in the case of abuse or anything like that, it is not only against Jesus but it was imposed on people and why does that make a difference I think it's Jesus will forgive you people are a bit more harder to forgive you because of the trauma that you've actually like caused to them and I guess you could also say that with Jesus that that is always true forgiveness Mm mm-hmm um, with when it comes to people, like even if they say forgive you, they forgive you. Well, one, they don't, you, you don't really have the authority to forgive in the same way Jesus forgives. Mm-hmm. Um, mm. I think they'll, they'll view it with, so it's like um, a treasurer who got caught of embezzlement and then goes to another church and tries to be the financial director. Mm. Like, if you do get the job, the amount of scrutiny that your numbers will go through. But then, but then, but like, what if they came forward and said, "Oh, you know what? In my in my previous position, I I embezzled money, but I've had to change the part." Do you think that would change, like, the, the, the fact that they've come forward and admitted it themselves? What I don't happen? think it would change it. I don't think it would change it. Okay. I do think that people still hold him with a sense of suspicion, which isn't a bad thing when it comes to finances in general. And so it's it's like, like Judas was stealing money from the treasury, and he sold out Jesus for money. Like money was his major downfall, and he sold out Jesus for money. And so yeah, I think, humanly speaking, we will we will almost always hold people with a sense of suspicion after something comes out, and it's hard to go over that. Um, and so I was I would say for leadership like even the bible says you should put people into leadership who is who are in good reputation even if people outside Mm. 
So not that just they are a good husband, blah, 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 or good wife and stuff like that, but they have a good reputation, even if those outside of the church. If you're a pedophile, you ain't got a good reputation. If, you, if you've been embezzled in money, you don't have a good reputa- reputation. Now, I know that some preachers have done stuff, they've gone to prison and then they've come back out and then people have like, put them onto the pulpit to preach, stuff like that. Um, and people have been like, oh, God forgives, I'm going to forgive this person, they can preach at my church. And people have been like, no, you can't preach in any church, blah, blah, blah. Um, and so I know that it's tricky and I know that pastors have been through it. And so walking through this is something that is difficult. I believe that you can serve God's people without being in front. Yeah. You can serve God's people without being the leader. You can serve without, without having a position or a title. And so if truly you are called to serve, I believe that you can serve even without being in the same position you were in before. If you are called to pastor people, pastoring is not just preaching, it's actually caring for people and ensuring that they're okay. Dude, you can, you can walk, you can like, visit people and make sure that they're all right and stuff like that. Now, depending on what you did, people might not want you in their house. But you can call them, see how they're doing. Yeah. And so there's ways in which you can still serve and ways in which you can still um, go about the ministry that God's given you. So even like Paul comes to mind where he was like stone-faced against Christians, killing them, taking them into prison. Well, not killing them, putting them into prisons and stuff. And then after he got saved, all the Christians were skeptical. Everywhere he went, they were like, weren't you the person that was persecuting us? Why am I going to take you in? And so even Paul went through a large period of skepticism, but his character and the consistency of what he was doing and the, and the zeal that he was doing it with was what, not won people over, but displayed the character and the nature of what he was actually doing and the fact that he had done it. Mm. And so even if you, you are a leader and you fell, and like you, you feel like no, God is still calling you into this. I believe that you can still serve without the without the title, without the the trinkets and stuff. And then you being faithful in that manner will then be the stepping stone to be in the position that God wants you in. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Who keeps you accountable? Um, firstly, my wife. Um, she she won't hesitate to keep me accountable. I think I am. Um, I think you guys. I don't think I know you, think? you, you guys. <laughs> you guys keep me accountable to so like UPR, um, Gelare, um, and I think this this would be like cliche or whatever, but like the Holy Spirit, where it's there's always like proddings and just convictions and stuff where this shouldn't be blah 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 I should be doing like I should be growing I should be doing this I should be doing that I shouldn't be doing this um but yeah I think immediately it's it is the people that are closest to me Mm. um I am I've got a I'm, I'm quite stubborn in that I will listen to what you're saying to me without taking it in. Um, but I always pray about what people tell me. So when people are like, oh, like, you need to forgive. I'll be like, I don't want to, but I'll pray about it. I'll, or I'll say, not even I don't want to, I'll be like, I don't feel as though there's something there for me to forgive, but I'll pray about it. Mm. And so I will pray about it. 
And if I feel God impressing, yes, you need to forgive, and I'd be like, all right, cool. Let's, let's go through that process. What does forgiveness look like? Let's go through that process. Um, and so I, rem I try to remain open for correction to come through from wherever. And I try to remain prayerful as to how that, like what is said within that form of correction. Um, and then allow God to then place weight on it if it is something for me to do and then do it. But like if my wife says something, I'll take it more readily because um, she is like I live with her. So my actions impact her a lot more than somebody else. Um, and so I'll readily take her correction. But as, if, as soon as it's outside, I'll just be like, cool, I'll go pray about it. Um, yeah. How about yourself? Um, you guys. So you, Moses. You are Moses. <laughs> <laughs> Talking about me in the third person. Uh, Moses, Peter, Jamelia, um, Angela, Simi, my pastors, um, family. Um, yeah. The way you guys keep me accountable may be different. In different, um, maybe different, depending on our relationship, mm -hmm. but yeah, you all keep me accountable in different ways so that, um, yeah, because I feel like it's good to have accountability to multiple people mm -hmm. because it can be quite hard and quite draining to try and keep yeah. someone accountable in every area of their yeah. life, <laughs> unless you're the, you're, you're like their personal development mm. person and then you're getting paid for it. I, I find it interesting as well that I didn't mention my pastor and I still won't mention my pastor <laughs> um, and it's predominantly just because um, like there's so much on his plate mm. that he isn't able to do it so we might have like a um, supervision meeting or whatever and he'll just be like oh so have you thought about this and it's more so organisational than character okay um and so i'm employed in the church and so certain things need to be done and so it's more like a manager um than employee the relationship than a mentor yeah. or even like a pastoral sort of relationship um which just is and so i don't i don't feel like he holds me accountable maybe to my work as a boss would hope someone hold someone accountable to their work but as a person no mm. um and it just is. So yeah, I f but yeah, I definitely agree with you that um, you need multiple people to hold you accountable. Like, even I think it's Proverbs that say, uh, "With a multitude of counselors, your way your way shall be established." Yeah. Um, and one thing that really strikes me is that Solomon was the wisest man in the Bible, other than Jesus, but even he had advisors. Mm. And I'm like. The wisest man had advisors. What makes us think we don't need someone to tell us about certain things? That's why he was the wisest man, because he had the advisors. <laughs> yeah, I got the Holy Spirit, I don't need you. But bro, God was like, I will make you wiser than anybody else ever before you give you, and like, even if all his wisdom, women still led him astray. Mm. And it, yeah, so I'm just like, if, if Solomon needs, needs advisors, bro, give me twice as many. <laughs> <laughs> See, I definitely agree with you in that we need we need a multitude of um, people to hold us accountable. Definitely, and I feel like it shouldn't be a one-way streak, but we should not reciprocate out of um, like I I have to do this. But yeah. it's like being a community where we look after one another. 
where it's like you're scratching my back, I'm scratching yours, stuff like that. Yeah, um, and yeah. You d- and it, it doesn't even have to be a thing where you're holding each, each other accountable to the same thing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it could be maybe you need help to make sure that you're reading your Bible. Mm-hmm. Other person might need help making sure that they're exercising. Yeah, and that can yeah. be that's a very good example. The, there was a um, anecdote that I heard that I really love. And it, it's like, if there's a group of five people and everyone's watching out for themselves, then at any given moment in time, you only have one person looking out for you. Mm. But if everyone's looking out for each other, then at any given moment in time, you've got four people looking out for you. Blah, blah, blah. So yeah, it's just like, that. that is community. Yeah, That's community. And it, it's a shame that we don't tend to see it nowadays, but unless you're in the gang. But um, it's <laughs> <laughs> that real. Um, but it's like to be in a space where people are truly looking out for you, where you feel confident and secure in their looking out for you, that you're then able to look out for them. Mm-hmm. Or unless you're in a loving family. So, yeah. Yeah. All right. I think that'll be a nice place to round up. Yes, sir. Thank you for listening, guys. Tell us your thoughts. Um, shout out to Root for intro outro music. Calvin Turner for the Ordinary Amazing logo. No, wait, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Full hookups. Oh, yeah. You want to go first? Yeah, I'll go first. Um, there's an app on iOS that I'm enjoying currently called Habit. Okay. So it's just, yeah, it's just Habit. And it, I've done like a few, I've done some research into different ones. And like for most of them, if you don't pay for the premium, you won't get like full access to it. But this, you've got a decent access to it um, where you can like put in different habits that you want to tr- start to do. Put in like the frequency, like every day, every two days or whatever. And then you can just track them. Okay. Um, so yes, yeah, it's, it's just helpful to use. And they've got like a widget. I'm not sure if it's on Android, but it's, it's on iOS. Of course That's it's been Android. All right, all right, easy. So yeah, um, it's got like little the animations are fun, like little colorful bubbles and stuff. And I think premium, they've given you like options as to different amounts you can pay. So it's like you can either pay like two ninety nine yeah. or as much as like fifteen pound. Okay. So it's very much on like how much you're enjoying the app and then you get to pay for what you want for the premium. So yeah, um for less than the price of like a McDonald's meal, a happy meal or something, you can get you can get all of that. So yeah, um I'll definitely recommend or put that as my hookup. Oh. Uh, my hookup this week is an album by GID, DiCaprio 2. Um, I think I think it came out last year. But yeah, GID is um he's on J. Cole's label, Dreamville okay. label. And it's such a vibe of an album. Um I think my favorite songs are Working Out. It's a vibe. <laughs> and then he's got this one tune with J. Cole as well. What's it called? It's called Off These. And then he's got another track with um Black and LMA tied but you know the, 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 the whole album is a vibe um check it out gid he is oh, too sick i'm actually looking forward to what dream are gonna bring out mm. when they do the compilation album I'm, I'm expecting really good things from that oh yeah and um, peter had a hookup as well yeah it was like that. blue mail something <laughs> blue mail let me find yeah it was actually blue mail yeah it was uh blah, blah, blah. so 
Where is it? Mm. So Peter's hookup is Bluemail, which is a great email client for your Android phone that has features like snooze, email, etc. And does a great job of collating all your emails from different platforms and provide this into one unified view. Thank you, Peter. <laughs> um, yeah, so yeah, don't expect to see Peter anytime soon. Um, he will explain why when he gets back. Um, yeah. Shout out to Reed for the intro, outro music. Calvin Turner for the ordinary, amazing logo. You can find us at soundcloud.com forward slash the Blacksmith Furnace, no apostrophe. On all good podcasting websites, Blacksmith Furnace with no apostrophe. Um, Twitter at the Furnace UK. Email us at tblsfurnace at hotmail.com. And I think that's anything. Any shout outs from you, Moses? No. Cool. Then no. I guess this is the Blacksmith Furnace signing out. Blah. Looking. <laughs>